Welcome to the Denver United Sermon of the Week. We hope you're encouraged by this timely message from God's Word. What's going on, church? How are y'all doing today? Are y'all doing good? It's so good to see y'all. I'm excited to be back home, uh, both here in Denver and like here at Denver United. This place is like a like that comfortable sweatshirt you have in your closet that just always is right. Like this is this place for me. So I'm super glad to be here, Rob. I love you, man. I miss you. I miss you like making fun of my lack of sock and all of those things. I live in San Diego now. I live in San Diego now, so I can do no socks like all year and it's perfect. So uh, I I love you, man. I'm so thankful for you and your friendship and uh, the ability to be back here today uh, with the church. So thank you. And uh, I'm hyped to be here. We are in a series that's called The Jesus Way. Uh, We started talking about this idea like conceptually like a year, year and a half ago. So it's cool to finally do like an official series on it. And in case you're new, what we're doing in this series is not only looking at like the explicit what of Jesus teaching, like the simple do this, don't do this. However, you could spend like multiple lifetimes only with that. It's so rich, so transformative. However, in this series, we're looking not at the what, but like the way that's beneath the what of Jesus teaching. The ways are a little bit more subtle, elusive, harder to get your hands on or around, but they're super powerful. And uh, I believe that as Jesus followers, this is what sort of we're called to. We're called into a way of doing things, a way that resembles Jesus's ways. And these ways, when they get rooted in us, they have a way of infiltrating and influencing all of the different what's that we end up doing in our lives. So that's what we're talking about in this series. We're going to continue in that today. Uh, before I dive in, though, I always have to ask, like, do you have an expectation to hear from God today? If you do, can you put your hands together? If you're expecting God to do something in your life today, I am not good. My words don't do anything, but I just truly believe that when we approach this space with expectation, God usually moves to the level of our expectation. So I hope you're ready to hear from God. Hope your heart is open. That was a little violent for a heart being open, but you know what I mean? Like, I hope you're ready to go. It's going to be good. So let's read a scripture. We'll dive in, and uh, I'm going to read a passage out of Luke 17, which will sort of be our springboard in, then we'll go all over the place. Uh, But it says this in Luke 17, starting at verse number 20. This is Jesus speaking. One day... The Pharisee, or this isn't Jesus speaking. He's about to say some stuff. One day, the Pharisees asked Jesus, when will the kingdom of God come? And Jesus replied, the kingdom of God can't be detected by visible signs. You won't be able to say, here it is, or it's over there. For the kingdom of God is already among you. Love that line. For the kingdom of God is is already among you. So I want to give you sort of my outline, like where we're going to go today. I want to talk to you about time. Might not be what you were expecting. I want to talk about time as a whole, how time relates to this passage about the kingdom of God, how that relates to this way of Jesus that he models and lives out, and then how that relates to an invitation that he gives to us today. Okay, so that's where we're going. We're going to talk about time, the kingdom of God, Jesus' way, and then his invitation to us. Does that sound good? If you ever get lost, that's where we are. That's where we're going. Um, So, hey, title of this message is Some Win Else. Some Win Else. Can you pray again before we dive in? Would you bow your heads and pray with me? Holy Spirit, would you speak to us today? Amen. I didn't go up with it that time. Amen. Went down with it. Amen. (laughs) Ever since I can remember, I have loved time travel movies. There's a category. Anyone else like time travel movies? Is it just me? I love it. I'm in all the way. Just the concept is intriguing to me. Like the old school. Do y'all remember that movie, The Time Machine? Anyone remember that? With the weird guy. It's like goes forward in time. It's like there's these creatures that are like eating people. It's wild. I love it. Time Traveler's Wife? Anybody? 
No one likes time travel with his wife. Okay, uh, Tenet? Anybody? Like Tenet? Yeah. Any, what favorite time travel movie? Anybody? Back to the Future, classic. You got to go there. Anybody else? About time. Yeah, yeah. So I love it. I'm in categorically on time travel, time-related movies. My favorite one, and actually like my favorite movie for the past handful of years, is Interstellar. Y'all remember Interstellar, Matthew McConaughey? All right, all right, all right. Like, I can't do the McConaughey voice. I love it. Uh, you remember that part in the movie uh, where they're out on the other side of the universe and they're exploring like a new planet that could potentially be the home for the human race because we mess up the earth or whatever? And uh, side note, like what's the, spo- the, the, the statute of limitations on spoiler alerts for movies? Five years? Like if you haven't seen it by now, it's a you problem. Not, it's not, I'm not, not taking responsibility for that. So there's this part, they are about to like explore this planet to go down and see if it might be suitable for life moving forward. However, there's a problem because the planet is like super close to a black hole and the gravitational pull on that planet is weird such that it causes time to work differently. They're like, so if we go down there, every hour we spend on this planet will equate to seven years for the people back on earth and the people on the ship. Like, like, so we can't mess around. We got to get in, get out. So the crew, they get on this little thing. They go down to the planet. They leave homeboy, the black dude, they leave the black dude up on the ship. Remember? He's like, I'll spend like two years studying the black hole. Y'all won't be gone that long. So that guy was like, that's kind of messed up. So they left him up there. They go down, things go wrong. Remember, like they end up, the wave hits them. They end up spending like a few hours down there instead of a few minutes. And remember that scene where they come back up and the doors, they open up and then the dude is standing there and he's like visibly older and he's like, I've waited for years. You know what I mean? And it's like, how long? How long were we gone? And they say like, it was like 24 years that he was gone. And like my mind was like, boom. And their minds blow. They're like, we thought we were ready for this, the relativity thing. But like, it's crazy. And I think the reason I love that movie, I watched it last night, by the way. It's like sermon prep. Um, I swear, I'm not even lying to you. Um, the reason I love that and like time travel movies as a whole, I think it like reveals the weirdness of time. Like time is it's weird. Is it real? Maybe. Yes. Like yes. In, in some way, time is very real. Like it's 1137 right now. We're here. Like you're going to go to lunch. You have a calendar. Like your birthday's in a few months. So in, in, in one sense, time is very real. But like the more we learn about it, the more we learn about physics and just all that stuff I'm not smart enough to understand. Like time is more weird and bendy and flexible and strange, then we probably give it credit for. So time is weird, and, and I want to do like a thought experiment with y'all. Um, if you don't like thinking about weird philosophical things that really don't matter, uh, if you don't like that, this is a perfect time to check out of this message. Like get your phone out, catch up on email or whatever, it, uh, and I'll tap you in like four minutes when we're done. But if you like this kind of stuff, I want to do this thought exercise with you. I saw this guy named Trace Bell do this. It blew my mind. I loved it, so we're going to do it. All right, so we got this timeline. In the middle, we have now which is like now, like right with us right now. Um, the left side represents the past. The right side represents the future. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to begin to just like in chronological order, put some events from your life on the left side of the timeline in your past. Ones that just stick out. They don't have to be big memories. Like maybe it's the first day of school, if you remember that. First grade, backpack, whatever that was. Put that up there. Uh, maybe it's when you graduated high school or college. Map that out. Maybe it's when you, 
moved in with that first real cool set of roommates and like your life was amazing, when you got like married or when you had your first kid or maybe it was like a really challenging moment that you had in your life. Just begin to put some events on the timeline on the left and then we'll move forward to the right. So like map out some stuff that you hope to do someday in the future. Maybe it's like those kids that you had. Maybe it's some future day when they leave your house and you're like, thank you, Jesus, I get my life back. Maybe it's that. Maybe it's like a trip you want to take, uh, a business you want to start, a ministry that God's put in your heart, or just like a new show you want to binge, like anything. Like anything you hope to accomplish, map it out on this side. So do you have like a lifetime line in your mind on this right now, if you do? You got some things on there? Can y'all say? Okay, I didn't know if y'all were listening. Um, Okay, so question. Let's start on the, on the left side, the past side. When did these events happen? On the surface, they happened on the timeline, like, yeah, like 1991 or 2004. In one sense, they happened at a, at a specific time, but let's go deeper than that. When they were happening, you wouldn't have said these events happened in the past, right? You would have said, when did they happen? Well, they're, happen they're happening now. Right? Every event, when it was happening, you would have said it's happening right now. Right? And then we move to the future. Any event that you hope to accomplish, it's not going to happen in the future. When it happens, you'll say it's happening now. This is so stupid, but it's, it blew my mind because here's why. The only time you've ever been the only time you've ever experienced anything in your life is now. Like, this whole timeline is something that we do in our brain that helps make sense of events, but the only time that anything ever happens, the only time you've ever had is this ongoing, eternal, infinite now. And anything we know about the past or the future is simply just a thought that we're having right now. Right? Like, I don't know. I, I love that. Can you just shout out now? Yeah, say it louder. Now. now. So that brings us back to Luke 17. Luke 17, Jesus is having this conversation with the Pharisees. They ask him this really important question. When is the kingdom of God going to come? Valid question. Um, sometimes we can like Monday morning quarterback and over, like critique the Pharisees for asking questions that we would say are stupid. I'm like, no, nah, it's if I was there, I probably would ask that too. Like Jesus is always talking about the kingdom. They're like, when is it going to come? When? I love that. It's a time question. So I'm just, I'm in from the beginning, right? And Jesus is like, Eric, it doesn't work that way. His response is, you won't be able to like detect it. You won't say it's like over there or on the east side of town. He says, the kingdom of God is already among you. Another translation says it's within you. I like that one too. But do you see what Jesus has done? He's like, He's taken their mind off of some future date, some future time. When is the kingdom going to come? And he's like, y'all, like it's, it's already among you. It's like it's here. It's actually right now. The kingdom is happening right now. Can you just experience it? And this whole idea, I think, gets towards this temptation that I think we have uh, as human beings and as followers of Jesus. I believe that one of the greatest temptations we'll face is to try to be someone else. To try, like, to try to drift back into the past 
or ahead into the future. And out of the now, the only place that's real, the only place where things actually happen, we have this temptation to try to be some when else. And I say try because like you can't actually do it. You know what I mean? Like this isn't the live in the present message as if you have another option, right? Like try to leave this present moment on three. One, two, three. If someone did it, wouldn't that be wild? You know, like, so like you can't actually do it, but you can try. Like your heart, your mind, your soul, like can sometimes drift, time drift either backwards or forwards. And we can actually end up missing the only moment that we actually ever have, which is now. And we see this happen in these two accounts that Jesus has with people in the Gospel of John, uh, this time drift element that I think shows this temptation that we have as human beings. It's in John 4 and in John 5. Since we're talking about time and it's being weird, we're going to do it in reverse order just because. So John 5, Jesus is having uh, this conversation with this man. He is He's been lame, he's been sick for a long time, and he's sitting at this gate. It's called the Sheep Gate. And I want to read this passage to you from John 5 and verse 1. It says, Afterward, Jesus returned to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish holy days. Inside the city, near the Sheep Gate, was the pool of Bethesda with five covered porches. Crowds of sick people, blind, lame, or paralyzed, lay on the porches. And one of the men lying there had been sick for 38 years. And when Jesus saw him and knew he had been ill for a long time, he asked him, would you like to get well? I can't, sir, the sick man said, for I have no one to put me into the pool when the water bubbles up. Because, see, there was this, like, belief that there was an angel that would temporarily stir the water and whoever got in first would get healed. And he's like, someone always gets there ahead of me. And Jesus told him, stand up, pick up your mat, and walk. So here's a guy, he has been sick for 38 years with this ailment and Jesus God in flesh comes to him and asks him this beautiful question would you like to be made well and his answer is so sad to me he says I can't (laughs) I can't and he goes on to like say I've tried this before I've been here for 38 years and you know every time the water bubbles up like someone else gets in front of me and no one's ever, and do you feel the energy there in his words? Like he's drifting back and reliving all those past moments and how it didn't work and the regret and the pain that, he's drifting backwards into the past when Jesus is right there and he's giving him a present invitation. Would you like to be made well? And he almost can't even receive it because he's someone else. He's drifting back and getting stuck in this loop of what used to be and what happened and why I can't be. And Jesus is like, I'm right now. So stand up now. And he does. But do you see that drift backwards? And we see the same thing in the opposite direction in John 4. Now in John 4, Jesus is having this conversation with a Samaritan woman. It's a beautiful story. Don't have time to go into the whole thing. But they meet at this well in the middle of the day And Jesus asked this woman, hey, like, give me a drink of water. And it's kind of a scandalous situation because, like, Jews and Samaritans shouldn't be speaking, especially, like, Jesus being a man, her being a Samaritan woman. It's sort of like it's full of drama already. And Jesus says, hey, if you knew who was talking to you, like, Jesus is like some good lines. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you knew, you'd ask me for a drink, and I'd give you living water. 
like you would never be thirsty again. And it like leads into this whole conversation where Jesus starts telling her about her life and they're getting into it. We pick up in verse 21 of verse, uh, John chapter 4. It says, Jesus replied later in this conversation with this woman, Believe me, dear woman, the time is coming when it will no longer matter whether you worship the Father on this mountain or in Jerusalem. You Samaritans know very little about the one you worship, while we Jews know all about him, for salvation comes through the Jews. But the time is coming, and indeed it's here now, when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth, and the Father is looking for those who will worship him that way, for God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. He's breaking it down. The woman said, I know the Messiah is coming, the one who is called the Christ. And when he comes, he will explain everything to us. And Jesus told her, I am the Messiah. I love this because it's one of those moments where I want to like jump into the text. And like, it's just hilarious to me because she's like, I know the Messiah is coming someday. And when he comes, he's going to explain everything to us. And I want to tell her like, he's literally doing that right now. He's telling you about your life, the five dudes you used to have, and then the one dude that's not currently with. He's talking about that. He's talking about how the Spirit of God is here. The kingdom has arrived. It no longer matters where and how you worship, but God is seeking people that will worship him in spirit. Like, he's breaking it all down right now. And she's like, one day, I know he's coming. And do you see the drift? She's like looking ahead to some other day when it will be better the sensational someday ahead. We're like, I know he's coming, but, and he'll explain everything. To, and I'm like, because she's too far ahead, someone else, she's missing the thing you're waiting on. It's, it's, it's right in front of you. Like, this is this time drift. This is our temptation. This is our human way. I do this on a micro level every day. You know what I'm saying? Like for me, I don't get too far in the future, but like I live plus or minus 20 minutes of the current moment. That's my, like, that's my sweet spot. That's where I like to be. Like I get off work and I'm like driving home in traffic and I'm like thinking about the meeting I had before and how I bombed it and I was stupid and I shouldn't have said that. And I'm like, oh gosh, I shouldn't have said that. I was an idiot. What was I thinking? And then like, and then I'm like in traffic, but I don't want to be in traffic. I'm looking forward to when I'm home, which is like 15 minutes away. So I'm like, my mind's like what I'm going to do when I get home. So I'm not really where I am. I'm back here or I'm ahead. Then, but then when I get home, I'm thinking about all the stuff I have to do. Got to get the kids homework done. I can't wait to get them to bed. I got to get them to bed. And then, oh shoot. I, I'm just never now. I'm either like a little bit behind the moment or ahead and I miss the only place where things actually happen. I think this is our human way, uh, but Jesus' way is so different from ours. Uh, a couple weeks ago, Pastor Rob started talking about this idea of Jesus' like, simplicity in his life. And in true Rob Brindle fashion, I think he said like Jesus was a serial single tasker. I love that. You liked it too, huh? You a little bit? Yeah, it was good. And this idea, like, Jesus' life was so uncluttered that he just had a way about him of doing one thing at a time. Isn't that good? And honestly, the, the one point I have today is sort of like an, an, an addendum, a, a bonus track on the back of his message. And he talked about Jesus doing one thing at a time. I think another one of Jesus' ways that we see from this conversation about time is that he, he, he was one time at a time. He didn't just do one thing at a time. He, was be, he modeled this idea of being one time at a time. 
He wouldn't get too far behind the now or too far ahead of the now. He was just fully, completely present to what was actually happening right now. And when you start looking for this in Scripture, you see it all over the place. But I think one story that really illustrates this is in John 11. Do you guys remember when when Lazarus dies? So Lazarus is one of Jesus' friends. He's in another town. And he gets word that, hey, your, your, your boy Lazarus is sick. It ain't looking good. And instead of, like, leaving what he's doing right now, he just stays. And he's like, yeah, yeah, I'll, I'm a, I'll, I'll go in a few days. And his friend dies, which is terrible, right? And then they go back, and he's like, hey, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I'm going to go wake him up. And the disciples are like, let's go too and die with Jesus. Like, they don't understand anything that's happening, which is hilarious. So Jesus goes back to Lazarus. He knows that he's dead. He's going to resurrect him. And he gets to the town, and everyone's telling him, like, hey, if you would have been here, he wouldn't have died. It's all of this. But remember, Jesus says, hey, where have you put the body? Take me to him. And he's on the way. And this is where we see people, you know, it's the shortest verse in Scripture, John eleven thirty five, 35, that when Jesus sees the sadness that's surrounding the situation, the grief of the loss of Lazarus, John eleven thirty five 35 says that Jesus wept. And to me, that is so powerful because he knew he was about to raise him. If it was me, I wouldn't have wept. I'd have been like, let's just skip this sad stuff and just, boom, get out the tomb. Lazarus, I would have gone right there like, why y'all crying for? Do y'all know who I am? But that's not Jesus' way. He didn't even skip ahead to the resurrection. He, he was completely now and took time to cry with his friends because he was so committed to being fully now and not time drifting ahead or behind. Jesus' way was being fully now. And this is one of those times where Jesus actually teaches this as well. We see it not just in his way, but in his teaching. In Matthew 6, one of my favorite passages here from Jesus, one of the most famous. I'm just going to read the whole thing to you. Matthew 6, 25. This is Jesus speaking. That is why I tell you, do not worry about everyday life. Whether you have enough food or drink or clothes to wear, isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? Look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns, for your heavenly Father feeds them. And aren't you more valuable to him than they are? Can all of your worries add a single moment to your life? And why worry about clothing? Look at the lilies of the field and how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing, yet Solomon in all his glory was not dressed as beautifully as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully about wildflowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith? So don't worry about these things, saying what will we eat or what will we drink or what will we wear. These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. But your heavenly Father already knows all your needs, so he says, seek the kingdom of God above all else. And remember, when is the kingdom of God? It's here, it's now, it's among you. He's like, just just do this, do the kingdom, do the now, and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. So don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Gangster line by Jesus, top, top 10 gangster line. Tomorrow will bring its own troubles, its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. That Jesus' way is just being, doing, being one time at a time. I'm just going to do now really, really, really well. And from this way of Jesus, I think is an invitation to us. And it's simple. Be now, 
Would you, would you just be now and resist the temptation to time drift backwards or forwards? But in this invitation is also permission because Jesus gives us permission to let our past be the past. How do you know if you have a tendency to time drift backwards? Do you struggle with like regret or shame or guilt? Like if, if those are things, I know I do at times, like if that's stuff that comes up in your heart, it might be an indication that you're drifting back and out of the now into some moment that's in the past. And Jesus gives you permission to leave that stuff behind. What we talked about with communion, because of the love that Jesus demonstrated on the cross, like you have been fully forgiven, you are fully loved, that God has separated your sins as far as the east is from the west, like that in Christ you have become a new creation. Like you can leave that stuff behind and not have to wonder, am I enough right now? Because I, all that stuff back there, no, Jesus fully gives you permission to leave that behind and meet him right now in the present. You are enough. You are loved right now just as you are. And Jesus also gives you permission to leave the future over there. How do you know if you time drift into the future? Do you ever get, experience fear? <laughs> Anxiety of like, what if? Anybody else run through like 1,400 permutations on what could go wrong? And if that happens, and that happens, oh man, then I, we would be broke, and then we'd be, then, then, then. it's like, wait, 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 wait. Because God loves you right now, he says, hey, I, I know what you need. I give you permission to allow the future to stay over here and just trust that I got you. And can you just stay right now with me? Why does it matter so much to be now? I would just submit to you, it's the only moment that is real. <laughs> It's the, it's the only time and place where things actually happen. It's where the kingdom is. It's the, and, and it's the only place that you can actually experience God. Did you know that? You can't, you can't experience God yesterday or tomorrow. Oh God, I'm, my prayer time tomorrow is gonna be amazing. If you wanna experience God, the only time it's ever gonna happen will be right now. And there's a standing invitation from God to say, will you engage with me right now? Now, in Exodus chapter 3, um, this is one of my favorite passages. I've said that like four times today, but whatever. Um, if you don't know Exodus chapter 3, it's Moses in the burning bush. And if you don't know what that is, watch the Prince of Egypt. It's dope. I don't have time to give you the background. He's, he, Moses sees this bush that's on fire that's not being consumed. He goes over to talk to it. God starts talking to him out of the bush and telling him all the things he's called him to do. In Exodus 3, Verse 13, after hearing what God has for him, Moses is like pushing back and he says, if I go to the people of Israel and tell them the God of your ancestors has sent me to you, they will ask me, what's his name? What should I tell them then? You know? And God replies to Moses, I am who I am. Woo. Say this to the people of Israel, I am has sent me to you. And why this is so powerful to me, y'all, like this is the first time in scripture where God reveals God's name to a person. And if, when Moses says like, what's your name? Usually the way that conversation goes with humans is like Dante or like Chris, Susie. <laughs> you expect like a normal name, you know? And when, when Moses asks God his name, the first time and way he reveals himself is just I am. Tell them I am sent me to you. God's very name 
essence is presence. Like he, he reveals himself as I am right now, right now. If you want a relationship with me, it's here, it's right now. And if we could resist this temptation to drift, there might be an invitation that God is wanting to do in your life that's right now that you'll miss if you try to be someone else. So the invitation I think Jesus has for us today is to sink fully in to whatever your now looks like. It's easy to do when it's great, right? When like bank account's full and like you're just balling. It's easy. But whatever your now looks like, good, bad, challenging, frustrating, exhilarating, exasperating, anything, like whatever your now is, I think Jesus is like, hey, would you just fully sink into it and embrace it and not try to skip it? Because I might be trying to do something that's only accessible to you now. And if you drift, like the, like the story in, in John 4 and 5, you might miss what God is doing. Now, I've got like two minutes. Here's what I'm not saying, okay? This isn't the like, don't think about the past message. Just live now. Don't think about the past. No, like, of course, think about the past. That's what makes us human, this ability to like recall events. And the past is where you gain perspective and where gratitude comes from and looking back on like, God, look at what you did. This is amazing. So yeah, access it. It's, it's amazing. But when you do, sometimes what we do when we visit the past is we buy a one-way ticket and we just stay there. And the invitation from Jesus is like, yeah, use the past. That's where wisdom comes from. That's where all these things are cultivated. But when you do, would you just return back to here and now? <laughs> Don't live there, but use it to inform what I'm wanting to do in you right now. And this is not the like, don't think about your future message. Don't care about tomorrow. Like, don't save for retirement or whatever. Like, like, don't, like don't do, no, have a plan. Having a plan and a vision is amazing, right? Like, I think there's so many things in this room locked up in our hearts that maybe God has shown us about what we're gonna do. And that stuff is amazing. But when you drift to the future, just remember and feel that nudge from Jesus to pull you back into the now. And here's the thing, like for the sake of your future, for the sake of those things you're looking forward to that really give you excitement and anticipation, because those things are so important and valuable, you should probably get really good at doing now. And here's what I mean, because then we'll eventually be now. And if you're not good at doing this moment right now, when that moment comes that you're looking forward to, you will have spent so much time practicing and getting good at leaving the present moment that when it comes, it'll slip through your hands like sand. So now, get really good at doing now. Not because the future isn't important, but because it's so important that if you can't hold now, now, when then becomes now, you won't be able to do that either. And sometimes, if I can be honest, I can use faith to like not, as an excuse to not drink in whatever now is offering me, right? When there's pain or when there's challenges, I'm like, oh God, I'm just looking for God for deliverance. Looking for God to get, oh, when, when that's done. And I, and I can spiritualize leaving the now. But if we do that, y'all, like we're just gonna get good at it. <laughs> like you'll get good at not being now. And I, I, I'm experiencing this right now as a parent, like with two little boys, like it's so easy to like look ahead 
to the next season or behind to the previous one, you know? Like when they're crying through the night, you're like, I just can't wait till they're not sleep through the night, man. God, I'm trying to sleep. And then once they're doing that, you're like, man, it's tough. Like, like once they can crawl, that would be good. I can't wait till they can walk. They can be a little bit more, all right, man, wasn't that really good when they couldn't talk? Like that was really good time or, you know, and then it's like, and then you're like, man, it just would be really nice when I don't have to like put toothpaste on there. Like they, you should see what my kids do with toothpaste. The whole bathroom is wild. I'm like, man, when they, I can't wait till they're a little bit more neat and I'm able to do that. Or, and, then, and then you wake up and they're like out of your house and you're like, where did it go? Because we drifted out of the moment and we kind of, we kind of missed it. I don't think Jesus wants that for us. The life he promises us is abundant and full and it's like it's here and it's now. So whatever your now is, would you back into it and just like allow God to meet you there? I think that's the way he invites us into it. Would you stand with me? It's, I'm out of time. And uh, let's just bow your, bow your heads and close your eyes. I just want you to ask in your heart, Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me through this message? <laughs> Holy Spirit, what are the ways that I drift and try to be someone else? And Holy Spirit, what does it look like for me to try to be more now? <laughs> Would you give us, God, the ability to recognize when we're doing this and just respond to your gentle invitation to be now? And I pray for people in this room that um, can, can get pulled into the past and struggle with, like, am I good enough because of everything I've done? And that all the stuff that comes with that, I pray that they would just fully experience your love and acceptance right now in this moment and, and feel the freedom that comes with knowing that you have accepted us right now as we are, that we don't have to dwell back there. I pray for people in this room that get pulled into the future. <laughs> I know I do, like, and just worry how things are gonna play out. God, in this moment, can we just surrender that to you and just say, I know because you love me so much, I can look at the birds, I can look at the flowers, I can just see that, like, if you care for them, you, you, you got me. And you may not give me everything I need, but you're going to, you may not give me everything I want, but you'll give me everything I need. And it's going to be okay. God, would you give us the ability to let go of trying to, to time shift into the future and just meet you now. So God, we open up our heart to what you're doing now in this moment. Today, would you give us the ability to sink into it and to experience you there? The I am. Can we experience you now in this moment? And God, I pray any of this, it's my thoughts, my opinions, just something I heard somewhere. Allow it to just like slip through our hands like sand. Allow us to forget it. But what's from your spirit, from your word that's true, that's right for us, God, would it penetrate our hearts and would you allow this to change us as we follow you now? In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Love y'all so much. Amen. Here, stay up. Stay with me so we can pray for you. It's not an important subtle idea of, of Jesus's way with such huge implications for our life like that I can't wait till I can't wait till I'm telling you what I'm gonna I'm embracing the feet smell yeah. like, I, I was about to say I can't wait till my couch doesn't smell like feet in the basement but Mari's like I'm not going on that right. basement couch <laughs> we might just like incinerate it afterward but I'm like I, it's so God's name is present tense Wow right there, hidden in plain sight. Yeah. So important. Thanks for loving us. Thanks for continuing to do this work and be a teaching pastor and a part of this community, even as you're in this next season of life as well. We're going to pray for you. You know what occurred to me though, as I was listening, is that that was every romantic comedy plot ever written. 
So like either the like the girl can't uh, embrace the guy who's impossibly good looking and uh, perfect okay. right in front of her because she's stuck in the relationship that broke her heart, so she's got it. Or it the guy like can't it? see the girl because he's like waiting for this perfect one and she's right there on her. It's every romantic comedy you've ever seen. He's boiled my message down it's to it. like a lifetime movie. No, I'm saying it's <laughs> so like good. life so imitates <laughs> art. <laughs> It's, it's no, like that's that. not yeah. what that was actually not at all. That was really I was good. Doing. I, I was just it. saying that it like it's so true. Yeah, you're right. That's all I was saying. It's so it. true. I'll Thank you. It. Really good. All right, do you guys appreciate George? Man, love you so much. Okay, reach your hands out toward George. Let's pray a blessing over him. Father, thank you for our brother. Thank you that he is a son of this house. And even as Christy is killing it in science and Noah and Levi are growing and tearing it up and they're uh, connecting and serving in their community in San Diego, thanks for keeping him a part of this community and blessing us through him, strengthening and encourage them, provide for them and lead them in every aspect of the season ahead. And Lord, uh, now let's, let's us pray for them. Lord, bless our friends. Would you take care of everything that's encouraging them, weighing them down, holding them up, uh, keeping them up at night? Lord, would you just um, give them the assurance that you are more than able to take care of it? Would you show them how much you, they matter to you, that you see them, that you love them with an everlasting love? Let them go out of this place wrapped up in a, a, a warm blanket yeah. of your love and let that love spill out of their lives into others this week. We thank you for them and bless them in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen, everybody. Thanks so much for coming to church. We love you all. We'll see you next Sunday. We hope you've been encouraged this week. For more information or to submit a prayer request, go to denverunited.com.